Hi, it's Dustin Lanier. Thanks for listening. Please find me on LinkedIn for original public sector operations content every week. And please reach out to me if I and my team of procurement professionals at Civic Initiatives can help you be a public procurement change agent. If we wanted to say, how do we make procurement have this growth into this strategic asset? Then part of the question is, well, I'm so busy and I'm in the middle of doing all this stuff. How can I possibly do that? I don't have time to do that or that's not the nature of this job. So when we are in a situation where we say, well, we want to do more, but we're drowning in the transactions. So how do we start to do that if we're doing it within the shop that we have? So we do a lot of that work. We're fortunate to get to do it. We get to walk in and help procurement shops think about how they design so that they're maximizing the use of their people and really attacking some of those problems. So some of the things we do is look for where can we gain time by eliminating drag and then use time that we gained from that to create some strategic capacity and then really have this mentality that every piece of work that we have a staff person do should be maximally valuable. We shouldn't use people on inefficient work when we could otherwise redesign the work or rethink the work to come at it in a different way. So gain time by eliminating drag. I mean, one of the best ways to find some time to be able to do some of the more strategic parts of procurement is to stop doing some of the things that don't add value to the process. And every organization has some remnants from the past that affects their, their go-forward governance. I'm pretty sure, and I'm, I'm at the risk of sort of quoting, quoting uh, your own history to you, um, I'm pretty sure from when we were in Arkansas uh, a few years ago that there was the, um, the, the constitutional requirement that all print has to be bid. Is that true? Am I saying that correctly? So my understanding of that, and again, there may be a historian in the room that tells me that I'm all wet on that, but my understanding of that was That was in part came from an actual situation where there was a politically connected person who was getting a lot of the print work or all the print work. So that happened 30 years ago, 40 years ago, but then to today, it may affect the way that we might otherwise go to market for print, right? Maybe we should have, I mean, when I was with the state of Texas, we did a specific type of contract where we had state agency print shops. And then we had fall through relationships with private sector. So we had the way to do a single task order that would go from the end user through the state print shops and into the secondary pool if the first print shops couldn't do it. And that was much more efficient in terms of actually like fulfilling the request. But then somebody in Arkansas might say, the requirement says I have to bid and everything. And the interpretation of bid has always been a new solicitation event. But then this process, it gets ingrained, it gets built in as a governance step, and then it never retreats. So really thinking about looking at the process and being able to have a conversation that says, how do we ensure the supply chain for our entity? The only way to say say we should stop over-architecting is not to say, I don't want to do that anymore, but to say, I do need to value this. You have to have a bigger yes that you're saying yes to. And I found the, the main yes that allows you to retreat on over-architected governance is to say, we have to have supply chain resiliency. The world has changed. The market has moved. You know, we learned through COVID and now we've learned through a different period that long, slow procurement processes 
may mean that we literally miss out on the supply. So we have to design our processes to match that supply chain reality in order to effectively do the job. In government, things that were very challenging for a long time, but then COVID ate a lot of these, you know, like wet signatures, uh, blue ink, paper bids. Those are three examples of things that I consider to be drag that COVID uh, in many cases helped to eliminate because it just wasn't value add. One that we see a lot, and I don't know if this happens to you guys, that burns up a lot of time is buyers having to do a lot of chase around to confirm that the vendor is able to do business. In some places, there's, you know, the buyer is having to then go and spend time to confirm the Secretary of State filing. Of course, almost everybody has to confirm the certificate of insurance filing, but tax status, any other specific minor things. Hawaii, for example, flips it on its head. It has a system called Hawaii Compliance Express, and it says all vendors have to be compliant with Hawaii Compliance Express, and then there's a simple green-red on compliance for the vendor. So uh, it's not the buyer's job in that situation to go and chase around business compliance. It's the business's job to be compliant and to be able to demonstrate that. And we've been in shops where the, the amount of time that buyers had to spend chasing around and validating buyer compliance was way inordinate to the job, but it's always was done. It was always the expectation. So in general, looking at all of those kind of processes. And then finally, another way to eliminate drag and procurement is to have very clear expectations about what it means to be entering into the procurement function. A lot of times when end users complain that procurement is slow or, you know, oh, my stuff has been in there for four months, it's because we didn't have a clear statement about when procurement had actually begun. Unless you get me this, this, and this, we're not in the arc. So, the end user may think they've been in procurement for three months, but the reality is they haven't even gotten to step one. So having really clear intake forms that make it that make it specific when we've done things that allow us to be moving forward. Eliminating drag, uh, there's a, a management methodology called theory of constraints. I like it a lot. I'm, I know you've heard of Lean and Six Sigma. Theory of constraints is kind of a similar but different. I find it's very practical for government. And it basically says the the rate of a goal or achievement in any system is generally limited primarily by at least one constraint. Like one thing that if you fixed or changed one part of the organization, that it would move the constraint somewhere else. Now, now the constraint isn't at the intake form. It's at the, it's at the vendor initiation point or whatever. So if you identify the one thing that would have the most impact, and the reason why I find this is practical for government is we're so busy, we can't, we can't do like full, broad, across-the-board transformation. So what's the one place where you could create a new form or change a governance process or create a, a new contract that would have value that then can drive into improved performance of the whole system? 